Hello, hello, beautiful, powerful listeners. Guess what? It's time for another episode of the Powerful Inc. Startup Stories Podcast. <laughs> Sorry, you know, it's always really early when I record these. Um, and I do have a bit of a cold at the moment, so I'll be muting in and out. But I am speaking with, of course, another incredible, incredible woman. Today's guest is Elle Hart the founder and CEO of Feel Empowered Every Day, which is also an acronym for FEED, which I would um, lead into saying is about feeding your soul and feeding yourself. And so Elle is a living example of her work. She did all the things and followed the book of life and raised the family, raised three boys, which um, I have girls, so I know moms of boys are warriors in their own credit. Um, And then as the children aged up and out, it was like, oh my God, who and what am I now? And so she had a, a big life change, the marriage split. And she packed up and hightailed it to a brand new place and dabbled in with a job and just, you know, I think when we give ourselves the sort of space that Elle gave herself at that chapter change in her life, we can listen or we can start to hear things that we may not have heard as readily before. And this is what happened with Elle and this is how the birth of her new business came about. And today we're going to go through that journey with her and then we're going to talk about like her marketing and her lead gen and the ideas um, and strategies that she's implementing to get this business on the map because she knows that there's people out there who need her and that she needs. Like when we're coaches, it's very reciprocal, right? This isn't a one-way street whatsoever. Um, and, And I know for most of us, like when we are connecting to somebody it's activating us and we're getting just as much out of it so I'm gonna bring Elle in welcome welcome good morning look at your beautiful smiling face welcome to the show good morning thank you take it away for us Elle tell us um, in your own words as you mentioned I raised three boys I was a stay-at-home mom I started my my mothering journey at a young age while I was still in college I married my college sweetheart and um, yeah, we started a family and I had three boys and I ended up staying home with them, which was uh, out of necessity at the time. It just made sense, believe Mm -hmm. it or not, financially, but I loved it and I was so happy about that. Um, So I enjoyed every minute of being able to be with them throughout the years, I did dabble in different hobbies and different kind of, um, I don't know if I could even call them businesses, but different endeavors that I I took on. I did some home daycare. I actually became certified in in home boxing. So I had a heavy bag in my basement and I taught my friends how to box. Oh yeah. We'd hit the heavy bag together. Okay. So, Hey, um, don't shortchange yourself. All of those are entrepreneurial endeavors. (laughs) <laughs> right. Right. So the call was always there. That's always so cool. there. Okay. Awesome. I, awesome. Okay. I always seem to take an idea and then I have to put some kind of spin on it my own and do it my own way. Yeah. And I think part of that is just who I am and how I do things. 
but also I had the flexibility over the 25 years of raising my kids as well. And when that time came, it happened to be the same exact year that I was empty nesting that we divorced. Yeah. So I went, like you said, I went from immersed in my family to everything being about them and them needing me to, oh my gosh, I'm now facing this world all by myself for the first time ever. And um, I did not know what that looked like for me. All I knew is that I needed to go in order to grow. I loved my friends. I loved my support system, but it wasn't the same dynamic because I was by myself and it was just, I couldn't fit into that life anymore. So I made the decision. I literally opened up a map and tried to figure out where, where I belonged. I was in Chicago at the time, Chicago area. And um, my kids were not yet settled. They were still, you know, college and figuring first jobs and figuring out. So it wasn't an obvious move to go live by one of them. Right. Yeah. But my youngest did choose to go to San Diego State. And so I had wanted to go to California, but I thought, oh, I could never go that far away from my kids. As soon as he made that decision, I'm like, I'm going to San Diego. And he was like, no, you are not following me to school. Right. But I went on the completely opposite end of the county. We didn't, you know, we were almost an hour away from each other. Even Um, I didn't know a single person there. I just needed to start fresh and focus on me for the first time in my life. Wow. Uh, Amazing. And how long ago was that? That was in, I moved in 2018. Oh, okay. So four in years ago. March of 18 is okay. when I moved. And so yeah. is that done kind of done school now? We're coming close to it? I'm sorry? This, your son that moved oh, my there? Son. Yeah, he ended up changing paths and he okay. moved to New York for a little bit. Maybe. Now he's in LA. Okay. So yeah. you really are there on your own. And I got to say, like, it looks good on you, your Instagram pictures and that sort of thing. It's like, <laughs> you've totally got this warm climate, you know, uh, vibe happening. I um, loved every minute. Now I have moved since then. You moved again? Okay. Yeah, just recently I moved back to the Midwest. I'm in okay. Ohio in a small town in Ohio. Um, I met somebody right after I moved. Um, I had taken a year and a half between when we started the divorce process until mm-hmm. the move happened. And okay. during that time, I was in survival mode, but I also was in figure me out mode. Mm-hmm. And uh, sort of the crux of it was the move. You know, um, I, I would not have been able to go ahead with it had I not already done a lot of work on myself. Okay. Had time. okay. Um, so when well, I went, I was... Yeah. When I went, I was in a good space. I was in a really good space. I went with two mantras, um, be present, live for today. And I know we talk about that a lot, but Mm -hmm. in terms of actually setting that mindset is, is so difficult. You know, we Mm -hmm. tend to carry our past with us or worry Mm -hmm. too much about what the future looks like. And I just let both of those Mm -hmm. go. And I was like, today, just what does it feel like to be right here in this moment today and focus on that? And it was so liberating. And the second mantra was let go of expectations. Mm -hmm. I was not going to set expectations for other people. I call myself a recovering control freak. Yeah, I was no longer going to try to live by anybody else's expectations. Uh 
Um, and including your own, right? I was gonna say, and yes, grieving, grieving a life that you know you thought you were gonna have, grieving the loss of the marriage, the empty yeah. nesting can hit us hard, particularly the more kids we have or the right. fewer. Like it's just you know we know they're gonna leave, but then they do. <laughs> yes, how dare they? <laughs> how dare they? Um, so finding these ways. So were you? you know, looking for these things involved, or do you think it was catalyst as a result of what was happening in life? I think it like was in terms a- of the grounding in and the, the really, who is Elle and how am I going to support and lead myself through these transitions? I think part of it started before the divorce, which maybe led into the divorce a little bit too. Oh. I had started, um, just a couple of years before that, I had started working with a company where I was building my own um, my own business. I was working with essential oils, and they were very, very focused on personal development. And mm-hmm. I, for the first time, felt like I found something that really connected with me. I was super excited about. I was ready to go gangbusters and just grow as much as I could, help as many people as I could, and that was met with some resistance. Yeah. (laughs) But again, it was weird because there was the dynamic of, Hey, I want you to go out and make a bunch of money. You're supposed to, it's your turn now. Like it was kind of the mentality of you stayed home for all these years and now it's your turn to go out and work so that I can retire early. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. well, wait a minute, raising three kids is work. (laughs) Yeah. I wasn't retired. Like I wasn't mm-hmm. golfing all day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I yeah. was working. So yeah. it just kind of hit at a, at a weird situation. Whereas like, yes, I want you to be out making money, but no, I don't want you to do something that you love and you're super happy about because I had to do the grind all these years. So it was a, it was a weird situation. So it started yeah. then cool. kind of led into the, the, um, you know, mm-hmm. the straw that broke the camel's back maybe. Okay. And then, um, and then I just took off from there and I'm like, wow, yeah. this is the taste of what it feels like to look outside of my family, look outside of yeah. myself and figure out what I can do to make a difference and, and find a purpose for beyond my four walls of, of my life, because yeah. that's yeah. Changing. Feed your soul, feed your soul a little bit. Right. And, and I, see who else you are, how much more can you do with everything you've already done? Yeah. Um, and so now you had a job or two before coming to the point of birthing this version of your business, right? Yeah. When I moved to California, I had no idea what I was going to do. And I ended up, um, it was suggested to me to look in the school districts. So I ended okay. up working at a middle school and I just formed such great connections with the kids on a level that I don't think they were used to because I wasn't all about the, again, I put my own spin on things. I wasn't all about, you know, the educational system. I was more about you as a person. And um, so I was surprised by how much anxiety, and this was pre-pandemic even, the the kids were just struggling and so anxious and, and so many issues. And I thought I have to, I know there's another way I can help them. Right. And I didn't want to be a therapist. I, I didn't want to be a school counselor. So I ended up realizing that in myself, when I look back over all of the years, the biggest thing that I struggled with the most was my lack of emotional intelligence. Right. 
And so I studied emotional intelligence. Mm -hmm. And then of course, I ended up putting my own spin on the emotional intelligence model. And I created my own model of Mm self-intelligence. And I realized that it was the process that I went through to get me to where I was at, to feel strong enough to leave a marriage, to feel strong enough to move across Mm -hmm. the country Mm -hmm. and start this whole new life for myself. Mm -hmm. And it was that process that I went through that led me to that. And I thought, oh my gosh, if I could start helping people at any age, really, but especially a younger age, teenagers, young adults, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. young parents, mm-hmm. um, yes. I just, such a desire. Yeah, young parents like you were, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Don't back lose yourself. That person to, to stay a person while raising kids, while still figuring out who they even are. Right. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Amazing. So, I, yeah, so I developed that, but in the meantime, through the essential oil company I was working with, I was attending a leadership and a guy got on stage for one of the talks mm-hmm. and he started talking about these Clifton Strengths assessment right. results. And I had taken the mm-hmm. assessment when I was going through this whole discover who I am, because I think I took every assessment out there to try to what tell you parachute and yeah. right, exactly like, what number am I, what box yeah. am I, what category, like all that stuff, because yeah. I was always so reliant on everybody else's opinion of me to determine oh, who I thought I was. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm yes. like, okay, I'm done with that now. But shoot, what does that look like? Because I don't really know myself. Mm-hmm. So I turned to all of these and I gained some insight, but yeah. nothing really like earth shattering. Well, I did notice that when I took the Clifton Strengths Assessment, which is otherwise known as Strength Finders, right. there's 34 traits that we all have that we use differently. And so what it does is it ranks those traits in order for you and your order is unlike anybody else in the world. So it was highly tailored to me, but the report of it and the way that it came back, I, I didn't really find any big, huge impact from it. It was, again, an insight, but like, and I appreciated it. Couldn't really implement it, or what does this mean? Yeah, um, yeah it's right. not really soul-based, right? It's very kind of, I don't know, hard, more like of a masculine result than... It was more like corporate. It was, it's more corporate, but, but this guy who was at this leadership, his name is Eddie Villa. He's with Unleash Your Strengths. The Mm -hmm. way he talked about him, Mm -hmm. all of a sudden I'm like, oh my gosh, I I get this. This makes so much sense. And I Mm -hmm. totally feel like for the first time in my life, I have like a roadmap or a manual to me, you know, like, so I pulled out my results and I started studying every single thing that that man said. Um, He put out all kinds of videos and he does trainings and workshops. And I took in everything possible. And I found that they really lined up with who I am and how I do things. They came very natural to me. And so I use that assessment as the foundation to the self-awareness piece, which is the the beginning of my self-intelligence framework. And the reason why I do that is because self-awareness, I think, is the piece where we get the most caught up when we're trying to grow in life. 
because it's very difficult to see ourselves through lenses that are not tainted with judgments, Mm -hmm. previous experiences, other people's opinions, Mm -hmm. you know, our own issues, whatever it might be. And so no matter what we're trying to do with our self-awareness, those smudges are, are always there. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. this way it's an unbiased, objective look at how you do things best. It doesn't tell you what you should or shouldn't do in life. Right. Uh, It just is kind of your process of how you do you. Mm -hmm. And, um, it, it has been just absolutely fantastic to bring that information to people in the very personalized way that I do it. Again, not the corporate, here's the definitions way. Well, what's so great about all of this and will often happen is like the business is a, a birth and a result of the personal journey. Yes. And especially in this case, it's you're a product of the product and you came to that realization when you saw Eddie on stage, it all came together in these aha moments, you know, that we hear about and maybe not all of us have, like I will say, and it's not necessary to have, but it, it can be very helpful when things all click into place. And then it like went deep inside you and pulled something out that was always there. Right. And came out at the right time. And of course, like the Clifton Strengths and so many of the other personality assessments have so much value. They really can help with that clarity and that self-understanding, but the application after yes. receiving the information is a whole other. And that is where um, those assessments don't really provide that. Okay, great. I'm a block B red square slash green triangle. Now what? Right. And, and so you've evolved that into, of course, um, in a way that only you on the planet can do to help other people who have, will relate to you and your story go further with that. So, so that led then to um, creating Feel Empowered Every Day. Yeah, which actually started out with the intention of being an after-school club oh, at the wow. school that I was at. Oh, wow. That's what I had planned on doing. I had it all set and ready to present. And then the pandemic hit. Uh-huh, and right. there was obviously no after school clubs because there was no school. So then I realized in the process as well that working with the, the kids themselves wasn't really enough. I needed to work with their parents too. And that dynamic between the two of them. So then I learned to take two people's strengths side by side and go through all 34 traits and say, okay, parent, you have maximizer high, but your child has it low. This is what it means for you guys in your communication and your dynamic. And let's replace some of those expectations with respectations and learn to respect one another in our own process, instead of thinking that my child should do things the way that I think they should, or even your teenager getting frustrated with parents because they just don't understand because yeah. they do things in their own process and couples, you know, uh, parents working together or even newlyweds or Mm -hmm. coworkers, whatever it might be. Um, So I expanded it. And at the time, like all of us in the pandemic, we kind of did our, you know, pivot and realized that, Hey, maybe I could 
do this myself and create something mm-hmm. myself with this. And that's what, what I did during that time. So I started down that journey, which has been amazing, but difficult, mm-hmm. you know, as any startups and trying to have, get people to understand your message and what it is you offer. But also <laughs> all of a sudden I realized that, oh, here I am back again by myself in my mm-hmm. house alone mm-hmm. working, um, you know, with clients, but that's not like an all day thing. And it, it, yeah. connection is there, but then you move on to the next and well, and it's a different connection when you're serving yeah. versus sharing, particularly as a business owner, right? Because right. you do have to show up as their leader and give, and then you need to get recharged somewhere else. Yep. So I was, you know, by myself working from home, Yeah. Um, which, you know, was, I love the flexibility. It, yeah. it suits me to the school thing, you know, I was too much in the box there. Um, but it also came with the price of isolation. Too. Okay. Yeah. Which is, I think one of the big things that us solopreneurs and startup, um, at first we're so buried and trying to set the foundation for our business that we yeah, don't just get out there and just cast the seeds and just get a client and establish a brand and whatever. Oh, yeah. You got to do the, the website and the marketing yeah. and, yeah. you know, it's just, it's so much stuff to set that foundation. But then once that's kind of, mm-hmm. it'll, it'll never mm-hmm. be fully in order, but once it's kind of rolling and kind of in mm-hmm. order, then all of a sudden you're like, Okay. <laughs> Did you watch that show last night? Or, you know, uh, where can you recommend for supper? Or, you know, I just had this wicked call with this person and I really want to share this amazing revelation. Oh, but there's nobody there. Right. Yeah. So have you started branching out and finding community um, masterclass or, or like a um, mindset group or anything like that to help support you? Yeah, actually. So I, I started the business when I was still in San Diego and okay. when I was there, I found a co-working group called Hera hub okay. and it's women-based <clears throat> and it's, um, again, started out with, you know, the intention of giving you a space to go to mm-hmm. work collectively on your own thing. But right. then the pandemic <clears throat> They started doing more online Mm -hmm. um, Zoom connections and started all these different sub hubs. So there's like a marketing sub hub and a wellness connection, scale your business and all of these different things. So I've plugged into them. And then when I moved, I could stay connected because of all of the Zoom. So they have been a huge sense of support as well. And then I've just recently found another like online club, um, the ACA American club association, mm-hmm. again, yeah. supporting each other in working our businesses and things like that. And then in my own business, they always talk about niching down in your mm-hmm. client, but I want to reach so many people. So mm-hmm. I niche down in what I do. Yeah. So I don't necessarily consider myself a coach where Mm -hmm. I take people on and bring them through a whole program. Mm -hmm. I'm more like a consultant. And so I give you the foundation of you through your self-intelligence. 
Mm-hmm. And when you need, we will have reminder sessions. Or if you want to like, hey, I'm now doing this in life. How do I apply it to this? Or like okay. I have a high school senior who's, you know, okay, my lacrosse season, this, my coming up college decisions, this, my girlfriend, this. And I'm like, okay, let's get back to your strengths. How do you do things best? Let's focus so in. Like an anchor, a grounding in to yeah. um, help people more clearly see how they're going to relate to others based on um, their sort of internal programming. Yep. And give them a set of tools to lead themselves with as they go. So then, and you have this one powerful offer that you can apply to a wide demographic. And I love this so much business simplicity, because then your back end will be relatively easy to operate as well. And, you know, there's, there's something in the startup stage where we, must be careful not to overwhelm ourselves with too many things because there's enough things going on that we've touched on setting up a business and that whole foundation realizing that you are by yourself by the way there's a whole conversation around like evolving the word solopreneur because I think we're I'm over that I'm all about (laughs) collaboration because yeah we all need each other and we all benefit from each other right? And there's enough differentiation for clients for everybody. So um, let's start the movement now, Elle. (laughs) Right. Bringing solopreneur ahead into the next revelation, next version of what that means. Um, So in your business simplicity, then you can cast a wide net, you can help people get ready, and then send them off and or perhaps work with others to, to build a, um, a continuous chain to support that person with their different needs. Right. Yeah. I love to collaborate with coaches or even therapists. Mm -hmm. And, um, I, I'm like an intake process for Mm -hmm. them. So if you're a health coach, and you have a new client coming into you or a business coach and you have your your six month program that you're about to plug them into mm-hmm. um, and work with them through something. I go through their strengths first with them and I give you the information that yeah. comes back. So when I go through somebody's strengths, I touch on their I talk about their top 10 and their bottom five in great detail. Okay. And I the bottom five are just as important as the top 10, because that's where we go when we're doubting ourselves, or we think we should be more like other people, or when we're feeling stuck or stressed. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so it's, again, my my whole um, self-intelligence framework is based on self-awareness. So we need to be aware of our good and what's natural and how we do things with flow. But we also need to be aware of our obstacles and where we get stuck and what gets us in um, off path, mm-hmm. off track. So I give that information. Mm-hmm. I provide the vocabulary, which I think is huge. I think that's one of the things that I would say that I do for people is provide them provide them a vocabulary to lean into who they are, how they do things best and give them permission to be themselves mm-hmm. in, the, in this manner, you know, the way that it works for them and not everybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I give that information to the coach and I say, okay, look, if you're going to talk about a lot of goals, 
it's going to fall flat with this person because the achiever strength is low for them. So they're more mm-hmm. about problem solving. So you can still do your program that you have, coach them the way that you've set up to coach. But a lot of times, again, it's that vocabulary. Sometimes if you just switch some words up, it's you're going to have so much more of a profound impact on somebody versus keep, you know, saying the things mm-hmm. that are going to like make them go, wait a minute. Well, this is so beautiful because what where I'm going with this is now, let me just drop some stuff and then we can get into them. You've got, you've opened up to two streams of marketing where you can now market to clients and market to coaches. And you're doing this like reciprocal empowerment for the person so that they can um, take more advantage of going into a coaching program and that that coach can you know, don't take this the wrong way. Like I'm speaking about myself as much as everybody else, get out of our own way because we can get so emotionally attached to the business and what it means about us and how good it is and da-da-da. Oh, hold on. Clear the throat, throat chakra. We can get so attached to what we've developed that we may forget who it's for. So this just keeps things more open and more aware and specialized to that coach client relationship. And so let's go into your marketing then. Um, You know, let's talk about what does it look like when you approach a coach? Yeah, it's honestly, it's difficult sometimes because like you said, it's, it's their baby. It's their coaching program. They've done a lot of work to, get to their own, go through their own path of getting to Mm -hmm. why they're coaching. A lot of times for Mm -hmm. them, it's a personal transformation as well. Mm -hmm. And then the program and and how they've learned to coach and everything. So sometimes it's very well received in terms of, oh my gosh, this is going to be such great information for me to be able to have to implement with, with my client. And oh my gosh, I'm going to feel so much less frustrated now mm-hmm. when my client isn't doing what they should be doing to get further <laughs> along with my coaching program. Yeah. <laughs> um, ultimately, they just want everybody to feel successful at the end of it. They want to right. feel like they were a success for mm-hmm. them, but they also want their client to feel like, hey, you provided me with some really you know, big value in my life. And ultimately I want to share this with other people now and yep. send them your way because I'm, I'm so excited about what yeah. I've accomplished. So a lot of times they're open, but sometimes um, I have had situations where they feel like a little threatened by it. And I think a lot of it just depends on, are you an abundance mindset or are you a scarcity mindset? Sure. And that's some work that we have to do within ourselves. If you're in a scarcity mindset, you might think, Oh no, what if they decide to just keep working with you instead? Well, Mm -hmm. I don't coach and I don't do Mm -hmm. what you do. So they wouldn't get from me what they're going to get from you. (laughs) I can't keep them. I have nothing else to do with them. I want to provide them your magic. I I just, I don't, Um, I don't have the knowledge and I'm not you. So Mm -hmm. they came to you for a reason. Um, So, you know, that that's part of it. So I think it's, it's really been a a combination of how it's been received by um, coaches, but it, it's a seamless program in terms of marketing. I've had some coaches 
add it to a program and say, okay, if you buy this program from me, you will get this service from Elle um, okay. as part of the, the program. Some offer it as an, as, as an add-on and mm-hmm. some may wait and say, okay, I'm going to, if I'm stuck and if we, I just feel like we're not getting anywhere and we're just kind mm-hmm. of treading water right now, then I'll pull you in and have you come in and, and talk to, you know, do the, go through the strengths and then maybe we can, you know, figure out how to get on the same page. Like I was having a meeting the other day with a, a coach and we were actually presenting something together and we were talking about how our presentation was going to go. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, you know, we can kind of just halfway through, get a read on it and see how things are going, how people are, you know, responding. And then we'll just sort of go with the flow and all this. And I could tell she was getting more and more and more tense the more I was talking and it mm-hmm. just kind mm-hmm. of was stressing her out a little bit. So I happen to have her list of strengths and yeah. I pull them out and I'm like, Oh my gosh, you're having a heart attack right now, aren't you? I said, you have adaptability number 34 and you have discipline number one. Go with the flow, read the crowd and just see where we land is not your way of doing things. You need an agenda and you need to. And I went through and I'm like, okay, I get it. And she's like, oh my gosh, thank you so much for understanding that and seeing that and knowing that about me. Because yes, I was just thinking, this is going to be a disaster. <laughs> I don't want to have any part of this. Right. And so then I was like, okay, I got it. You and I are yin and yang, and this is how it can work together for us yeah. to both present our own strengths in a way. And the meeting went fabulous. But had we not known that information about each other, we would have been frustrated and not on the same page. And trying to maybe overtake one another and how it was going to go. And it could have led to all kinds of disaster. Well, this, this, I think, Elle, speaks to your strategic proficiency in the work that you do and then leveraging it to complement the work of others. And so I really want to, you know, take space here to acknowledge and, and clearly put on the table that, there is so much abundance and that we have a lot to gain if we ask others if they want to do things together. In this particular um, positioning where you're on a sort of a retainer or an on-call kind of sounds like consignment where, you know, you'll get paid when they, they cash in on your service as part of the program, which is smart because then you sort of have this money in waiting out there Mm -hmm. and you know it may not be able to be part of the hard budgeting as hard as it can be when we're entrepreneurs like every day is different right Um, but it 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 does provide for another stream of income Mm -hmm. for you right which is really smart and and you know allows you to practice your skills practice your messaging expose yourself more um, and grow probably a, a larger audience because um, people who are considering going to a coach may, you know, just need um, like that bridge before going all the way and then see your work and go, oh, maybe this is for me. So, you know, you've really naturally, very organically, it sounds, <laughs> found a way to um, fill a need 
and serve from the heart for you yeah. um, and have like quite quite a leveraged impact in two different client markets, right? So like people who come to you direct and coaches who could benefit. Yep, yep, exactly. And so let's talk a little bit about your marketing and your messaging and how that's going. Um, you know, how are you finding, how are you getting yourself out there aside from these sorts of things? And how are you... Um, finding clients and um, what other things are you doing to help yourself in your business? Well, like I mentioned, I moved. So I once again, found myself in a town where I don't know a single person. Um, I, I had um, said before that I met somebody right after I moved and we're in a relationship and we moved here together for a job for him. And that's been fabulous. And um, I, I love the area that I'm in, but it okay. posed another marketing challenge because now I'm <laughs> new to a town that's pretty cohesive. So I decided um, that I am actually in the process of opening a co-working space here myself. Cool. So I've purchased a building and now I'm working with zoning and trying to figure out all of that stuff in the whole another realm of entrepreneurial world that I had never experienced before because all of this has just been either online or in person on my own. I've set my terms, I've set my parameters, all of that kind of stuff. When you go into brick and mortar in a mm-hmm. city, you have so mm-hmm. many more things that you have to mm-hmm. consider and and go through. And I I bought this big building. And I was just told yesterday, I can only have 30 people in it at a time. And I'm okay. like, Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay. Now I have to rework everything because I have to abide by this. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, um, so part of my marketing strategy for what I do with my self-intelligence consulting is opening up this co-working space, which is also going to serve as like business training for mm-hmm. people. And this way they can, learn their strengths as they are coming here to either grow their business, grow their knowledge, grow their network, or grow themselves when they're here. So this This is is huge. You're starting another (laughs) business. You're expanding your existing business. I'm still a little bit stuck on the come again. You bought a building. (laughs) (laughs) Hello. That's pretty badass. Amazing. And I... You know, it just speaks so deep into me because I I have a a similar and very strong desire for this collaboration um, element to business. Like we said earlier, forget solopreneur. Let's move into, I don't know, like partypreneur, like not like just everybody-preneur, you know, togetherpreneur and and share in the journey and support each other and um, grow as a collective because it creates a, a bigger current of energy that you know gains momentum and that benefits everybody that's a part of it and so this new space of yours I see as really leading into what we were just talking about in terms of the client coach relationship the the consultant relationship um, and the empowering of everybody for a common a common enough vision like everybody holds their own independent vision 
but there's there's a similarity at a very high scale of that where we just want everybody to you know be more themselves be more uh grounded and self-aware and and loving and pay that forward in the world so um you know these challenges obviously will have important lessons that you'll be able to leverage as you have with everything else so far (laughs) and will open up yet again another level of marketing and messaging that you can do yes yeah hundred percent yes and I find that my marketing and messaging has been easier when I'm trying to sell something outside of myself Sure, I, think I get that, that. Might be one of the things that coaches and you know consultants like me struggle with is basically my services that I'm offering are very valuable and they're based on something else. But essentially, I'm selling myself to you and my, my knowledge mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. my perspective and and that type mm-hmm. of thing. And that's been harder um, for me. I mm-hmm. struggled with my messaging. But now that I'm marketing for this building and this concept and this co-working, mm-hmm. I find that the messaging comes so much easier and mm-hmm. and I can um, market it, you know, just. You're less attached, way. right? It feels less personal. It's less yes. vulnerable. It's less yes. vulnerable. Exactly. Totally. Yeah. It allows it's you more to. more financially vulnerable. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely riskier financially, but in terms of just personally and putting myself out there, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's different. So I ended up hiring somebody to um, rework my website and help me yep. with messaging because I was struggling and, and I was second guessing myself. I was dropping into my bottom strengths a lot. Overthinking yep. was coming up a, a lot for me with my, mm-hmm. my messaging for feel empowered. And, um, so she did an amazing job of helping pulling it out of mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. And she said me better than I was saying me. <laughs> that makes well, she sense. helped show you what what was there and just kind of yeah. organized it or uh, rearranged it into um you know you had all the pieces right yeah exactly and it's true like there's this attachment to marketing I hated marketing and and now there's a here's an I'm really radical this morning I'm like let's blow up that word too because yeah like all it is is just say what you have to say right like right. it's not it doesn't have to be a funnel it doesn't have to be a billboard it doesn't have to be the Super Bowl halftime show right <laughs> exactly commercial which none of them <laughs> I've seen yet but they do they do enjoy the horses and puppies. <laughs> But this is the thing we get so locked up in, in what the internet can throw at us. Yes. And so it's very wise to, you know, air quotes, even as a startup, go and get a little bit of help because it, we've got so much pressure really. And it's not an unhealthy pressure, mm-hmm. um, but it is, it is a, a heavier energy when we're trying to birth something um, that is not necessarily as tangible as other things. And that is so deep from within us. That is so from our own heart. And, um, you know, we get tangled up in that. And I, and I know what's happened to me and I, I really did, um, you know, hate marketing, but I think it was just the way that I was perceiving it and what it needed to be. And now I'm like, I just show up and just say something, you know, related of value 
that feels good um, and get out of my own way with it to, to pull that out and then practice. Yeah. You know, practice, like we're beginners and it's just going to take time to get more proficient and comfortable with that language and find a rhythm with it. So um, what is today as we anchor into the present, we know will change in the future. So we just got to start somewhere. Well, and I would say too, that marketing also is dependent upon your strengths and how you go about it. And when you're stressed about marketing and you hate marketing, you're probably dropping into your bottom traits that don't resonate naturally for you. You know, analytical is is low for me. If I start worrying about the numbers and I start looking at all the analytics and everything of my Instagram posts and how they're doing, that's going to stress me out and and I'm not going to do well with my marketing then. So I need to come, but for some people, that's what's going to really motivate them. Mm -hmm. And that's how they're going to feel successful. And so understanding again, your strengths and which ones show up where for you and how to leverage them and use them is going to play into your marketing strategy that feels good for you, feels authentic. And then that way other people connect with it so much more when they, people know when you're doing something because you're supposed to do it. You know, if you're on a reel dancing around doing all of this Mm -hmm. and it's Mm -hmm. so not your personality, people are going to know you're doing Mm -hmm. it just to try to sell something. Whereas, whereas, you know, if you're goofy and it fits who you are and how you do things, then, then it's going to come off as very natural and people are going to, you know, resonate with it a lot more. Well, and you want to speak to the people that you want to work with, yes. not, not necessarily to, you know, everybody like, yeah, okay, there's power in numbers, but um, not every single person that walks in the door is necessarily someone that you're actually going to have the chemistry or the relatability to be able to pursue um, a service delivery with. So that's another important part of really, like you said, being yourself mm-hmm. and um letting those that are for you come to you. Right. Yeah. Uh, amazing. Uh, Elle, I'm very, very excited. I had no idea, but there's a brand new venture of yours and I'm like <laughs> blowing up. Um, co-working spaces were very new five, six years ago in the area that I live in. And then yeah, COVID and, and my own life changes moving a little bit away, but I'm, there's just so much value in them. And, uh, you know, if you're one of the new ones, you could be very much a pioneer. And I'm actually, there's one considering opening up in my area and they want to do like sound bathing and yoga and bring all these other elements in. Mm-hmm. So there's like business has evolved and particularly online business and particularly women led online business Yeah, um, is like this you know, this much broader spectrum of things that isn't just these hard skills. So um, there's just an endless amount of opportunity for you here. And I am so excited to see what you do with it and how it supports your business. Like this is another strategic evolution for you. It, it, by looking at your face, it sounds like it feels really right, even though it's scary. Yeah. Nothing happens inside the comfort zone. Right. Exactly. Well, and when you get to a certain age, you just kind of, you know, 
you don't have as many F's to give anymore. You're like, okay, I don't do it now. I'm never going to do it in life. So why not? Because it's all just an experiment anyway. And it feels good. It matches my strengths. It it's going to feed my soul in terms of even if just there's some other energy in the building, you know, or I'm getting away from my dogs who are at the door, you know, crying (laughs) and whining every time I'm on a zoom call and stuff, you know, and then I'm like, ah, yeah, or the laundry that you know is yeah. piling up and you should be, oh, I should be doing the laundry right now, but I should be working. And well, mm-hmm. you know, it's just, there's a lot that there's a lot. It's wonderful working from home, but there it's, it can be stressful too. I know of parents with kids at home, they put mm-hmm. different color pieces of paper on their door to let them know if they can or cannot enter the room and everything. So right. it's, but it's, yeah, it can be constricting. And, yeah. you know, again, like <clears throat> businesses evolving and the online space can come back into the real world. Yeah. And that is such a beautiful thing. And then we'll have more ways to reach people and get our message out. And like, I'm a hugger and there's just nothing better than, you know, giving a, a soul sister, or soul brother, a, a giant hug at the end of a wonderful event and really being in that live energy together. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh my God. I'm so excited. I'm going to say it again. Like, so, so, so excited. I I see it in you. So I know your startup, maybe, you know, not making a ton of money yet, anything, but you're so certain of this path and um, you know, I think we're all a little bit attached to the outcome, but for the most part, pretty grounded in and whatever will be, will be. Yeah. And, and that's life anyway. And, you know, we can forget um, that business is just one other part of life. It's not the entire world of life. So um, you shoot for the more- and it's more about the money too. A lot of times businesses, yeah, the connections yeah, that yeah. you're forming and the relationships that you're making and things like that come out of your business yeah. as well as the finances. So there's so much more to it than, than just what we think it's about. That's right. That's right. Amazing. Okay. Well, we're going to drop links in the show notes here on where to follow you. Excellent. And where to find you and I'll be watching, you know, this would be a great, hey, a great marketing is like the evolution of bringing this space to life. The process, the before and after photos, being in the space, talking about where things are going to go, all that. And we'll yeah, showcase. I, I have my Instagram page going right now, even though I haven't closed down my building yet. So okay. it's, it's Stanfield Manor Workspaces on Instagram if you want to watch the marketing process. And like you said, I'm I'm being very transparent on how everything is all unfolding so that people can learn about the process of it yes. as well. Absolutely, yeah. right? It's all teachable moments for yeah. sure. Fantastic. Stanfield Manor. Yep. Workspaces. Workspaces. Wow. That's a sexy name. <laughs> it's a 1910 or... it's a 1910 farmhouse that I bought turned, turned offices oh, yeah that's, that's by the name it's on the road Stanfield and it's it's an old manor it's a big farmhouse it's gorgeous absolutely I've gorgeous. gotta come there I've yes gotta come it. I would love I'd love to meet you in person absolutely yeah yeah, yeah. Ohio that's just south of Ontario it's not terribly far no <laughs> not at all 
<laughs> Fantastic. Okay. All right. Well, let's go. Let's go and follow you and let's do all of that. And thank you for showing up today and sharing your heart and taking us behind the scenes of what that journey is. Um, you know, these conversations are just priceless and they just bring such a different, I don't know, for me, comfort, comfort to the journey and um, continuing to lock in that certainty, one small decision at a time, one new amazing relationship, friendship at a time. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks, Al.